Welcome to Unapologetically Abundant Podcast. I'm your host, Petya Kolibová, that love coach who helps corporate women who have been pushed down and back due to traumatic relationship or childhood trauma in their past, which has caused them to see themselves not in a bright light that makes them people please and not show up the way they know they are capable of showing up. My mission is to help women who are on the path to heal from their past wounds, move through their limiting beliefs and internal blocks so they can guide other women through online coaching, which is that deep down what they are feeling they really want to do instead of sitting in their corporate job. Each week I will be offering an interview or an idea that will support you to leave behind what isn't serving you anymore and create a life filled with freedom, abundance, and purpose. No more hiding, no more waiting. The time to take care of yourself, to uplevel your life is now. Hello, hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to another episode of Unapologetical Abundant Podcast. I am your host, Petya Kolobova, and today's guest, oh my goodness, does she align with everything that I believe? And I think that sometimes we get to hear it from 10 different people, 30, 100 different times, and maybe just the different accents, let's be honest here. So it finally just clicked. So Meg Sylvester, she is such a beautiful soul stepping and walking in her divine feminine. And I just love, Meg, how you're truly embodying what you are teaching. So thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you for that beautiful introduction. I am (laughs) grateful. And I know you mentioned where you are right now in the world. However, what I love doing at the beginning of my podcast is take my guests through a little journey so they can really step into being versus the doing of the day. And especially today when we're recording, it's Monday. So it can be easy to be in the flow, like what we have to do. So if you're open to it, I would love to take you through a short guided visualization. Of course. She's like, I'm ready for anything here. So (laughs) if you're open to it, I would just ask you to gently close your eyes. And as you're closing your eyes and breathing deeply in, relaxing in your body, you're relaxing in this present moment. You're letting go of everything that has been done today. Anything that still is on your to-do list. And you're starting to relax, feeling your breath, reconnecting with your body. And as you're slowing down into this beautiful moment, what I would love for you to visualize, it's sunny, gorgeous morning in India. You and your friends are on a flower market. You're walking through the streets. You can hear the laughter. You can hear the people talking. You can smell the flowers everywhere. So many different colors all around you. You're smelling them and pausing to touch them. And you are smiling so much because you feel home. And as you're walking through these streets, you see kids running around. 
and there is a little girl who runs to you and brings you a flower, gives it to your hand and looks at you and says, who are you? What is the one thing, Meg, that you would love this little girl to know? Not what do you do, but who you really are. Well, now I'm going to cry. I am love. Mm. Uh, You know, I am someone to help you know how magnificent you truly are. Mm. It's beautiful. And I get to ask, why would this make you cry? Well, I love, I love children. Um, I'm a mother of three. So, you know, anything that uh, helps me to connect with that, the pure spirit, um, uh, it's just so sweet. And um, also, I don't know, I'm, I'm just a very deeply emotional person <laughs> um, and, you know, feeling into my own radiance and, just the, you know, limitless, unlimited uh, potential of, of who we are and how we can impact others is just, um, I don't know, it makes me cry. It makes my eyes tear up, you know, just thinking of, of all that we're capable of just by being kind and compassionate and loving towards each other. Um, it's just really beautiful. I love that. And I really love that you're honoring your emotions. There's not like, oh, why are you doing that? It's the curiosity and the wonder when we allow other people to be in the space where they are and the curiosity of exploring, right? Exploring other human beings. And I love that you are so connected with kids, not only because you have three of your own, which is marvelous itself, right? It's it's beautiful what you have created already in this world. Thank you. But I think it's also what you said, it's this purity and peace, right? To connect with these kids. And you also said connecting to my own radiance. And I would love to ask you, when did you start connecting with your radiance? Because if you're anything like me and many other women, radiance, light, what are you talking about, right? Mm-hmm. It's like we were told to shut up and do and don't be too emotional and don't be too much. So for those who are listening to us right now who are not still embracing their radiance, when did it start to show up in your life? Well, I mean, it shows up in all of our lives, you know, when we're children. Um, and then it for all of us, um, through a situation or circumstance, we begin to separate from that radiance. We begin to separate from that oneness and life. Um, when we become conscious and, and, uh, we wake up to the fact that we are, mm, uh, co-creators of our life, uh, we start feeling into that, that oneness and that oneness is, is our radiance. And so, I found that radiance within me and my God, I, I lose it daily and I have to come back to it. Um, I found it within me, uh, when I, when I started meditating and, but when I started meditating in a way that felt good to me. So for a couple of years, I tried meditation, but I thought it was just like, sit still and be quiet. And if a thought comes up, get mad at yourself for thinking and, you know, and so I quit. And then, um, for me, I discovered Kundalini 
meditation, which I'm a Kundalini yoga and meditation teacher now. And that was, that was my language. You know, that was the, the language that my heart needed at that time to come back to itself. And so, you know, by continuing that practice, I was really able to start um, discerning uh, between fear and between my own voice, the voice of my heart, the voice of my soul. And I didn't know how to do that for over 30 years, you know? So um, I, I thought all the fears, I thought the perfectionism, the people pleasing, the yeah, all, all of that. I thought that was who I was. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize until I found meditation that that's not who I was. That's just this thing called the ego. And, um, that I was so, so far above that, the truth of who I, you know, I am the truth of who we all are. And, uh, yeah. So experiencing, and when I say radiance, for me, it's different for all of us. It's, it's our own unique essence, our own unique tone. And for me, that radiance is softness. It's compassion. It's deep vulnerability. It's um, intuition. It's uh, doing things my own way, even if it's super weird and doesn't make sense to anybody else. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so... That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that, Meg, because what I'm hearing is that it was a process and it was a journey for you and that you didn't know what you were actually doing, right? Like, oh, I should be meditating. So let me do that. But then it doesn't feel good. And so often we look outside of ourselves and we are like, well, this person is doing it this way. So I should be doing this way. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not doing it like that, then there is something wrong with me. And all of those beautiful beautiful aspects that you have described, you know, the, the softness, the intuition, what I'm hearing, it's the divine feminine, the feminine energy, were you always guided to be in your feminine? Did you see feminine as a strength? No. Oh my gosh. No. Um, I, you know, to, to get the approval and love uh, from my dad, um, who willingly gave me love and approval and affection. Um, my dad, who's no longer with us was an amazing, amazing dad, but I internalized these messages of, you know, well, I see my brother, um, doing really great at sports and, um, really good with finances and getting all of this like attention and validation. And meanwhile, I'm over here, like, you know, ballet, doing ballet and um, all this creative stuff. And it, it, it just didn't, you know, resonate as much. And so, um, so I built a life and this is not all just in response to my dad. It's in response to the entire, you know, patriarchy that we have set up. Our, our culture is now so based in the masculine that it's, it's toxic. And so when we say masculine, it's very much, um, this energy of clarity, vitality, action, focus, which is all really good things. Right. But when it is so emphasized, um, that it becomes analysis, you know, rationale, thinking, um, progress over 
anything, progress over well-being, that's when it becomes toxic. And so for me, I was trying on all these hats, um, you know, that, that I thought were, um, and that kind of masculine energy. So sales and marketing and climbing the ladder and, and, you know, being the best at all the things, um, and needing to, to go for every single thing and constantly be doing, 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 um, that was my life for so long, you know, um, just trying so hard for accolades and, um, you know, doing things that didn't really speak to my soul, even though I was good at it, you know? Um, and I never, for so many years, never thought like teaching yoga and, um, you know, just like singing with sound bowls on Instagram, you know, would be the thing that was going to truly, help my soul and help others, um, and, and, and build a life for, for myself, you know? Mm. Um, so, so no, I, and, and, you know, I was a big partier, like, uh, like I'm going to drink the boys under the table, you know, and, um, just, just trying to prove, prove myself, prove my worth all the time through like, the good old boys club, you know, like trying to do the things that get the the validation and the attention from that energy. And it didn't work for me. I got really sick. I got really depressed. It, you know, it, it, it did not work. It worked for a little bit and my life looked good enough. Um, but there was something inside of me that was like, this is not it. This is not it. There's, there's more. I love it because what I'm hearing is that we all have this innate knowingness that there is more in our life and doing everything like everybody's doing around us. It might work for some, but not for everyone, right? So it's it's this constant search for validation from mm -hmm. others. So where was the shift? Did you shift that with, when you get unwell, like physically? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I always say the, the universe shakes you to wake you. Right. And so my, my shaking was, um, really feeling, uh, unwell. I was, um, like bedridden with migraines for several days of, of the week I had, I struggled with, um, cystic acne. That was really painful. I, um, was on antidepressants. My mood was just back and forth all the time. And, um, after going to many Western doctors and not being able to find the thing, you know, that I needed, um, I started reading books and, and eventually became empowered to really change my diet to change the way I ate and to become very mindful. And that's really what catalyzed the shift in me of like, I have the power to make choices that impact my life. And I don't have to wait for somebody to come and save me. Mm -hmm. I can do things, you know, and, and a lot of that is trusting my intuition. Um, and so that was really the first time you know, so, so my, my awakening was catalyzed by, um, my, my physical needs, my physical well-being, Um, and that just kind of created a domino effect of, uh, then I discovered meditation and, you know, I was feeling very open and things were flowing. And, um, so that, yeah, led one thing into the other and, 
and here I am today. I love it. I love it because it, it sometimes we get so overwhelmed Meg, with thinking about like the end, what we would mm-hmm. like to do, accomplished or have, right? Or where we want to be, just even just the feeling like, hey, I want to be in freedom. I want to be in peace, you know, and all these things, even when we step into those feelings, sometimes it's like overwhelming, but how? And what I think it's the first step, it's what really matters. Take the first better step, take the first better decision. And it will have this beautiful, like a a ripple effect Mm -hmm. in all of the other areas of your life. Because when you improve one thing, the other things will come to it because you're shifting who you're being and your focus. Mm -hmm. So I wonder when you discovered Kundalini yoga, like why did you choose Kundalini? I I know that usually it chooses us, right? But (laughs) why is it so different? Why you are not doing Vinayasa or anything else? Yeah, well, you know, I started taking yoga classes when I was in high school, um, vinyasa, ashtanga. Um, I wasn't, you know, very, um, it's not like I was going every day, you know, just kind of sporadic here and there. And then when I went to college, I I went a little bit. Um, and, uh, it wasn't until I was in my late twenties that I discovered Kundalini, um, Oh gosh, I think it was online. Um, and it was like an accident, you know, and I, I just remember seeing it, experiencing it. It was like, what is this? This is weird, but I like it. (laughs) You know, it was just like something just, it felt so true to me. Mm -hmm. And I had been longing for spirituality, but I didn't know it. Um, so I was raised um, as a non-Catholic going to a Catholic school. So I always felt very ostracized from organized religion. Um, and then, uh, you know, so I, I just kind of like shut that off. Um, I was never really interested in religion cause I didn't feel like I had, I belonged anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but always very interested in like Buddhism and, and mysticism and, you know, religions around the world. But never put any into practice. And then when I discovered Kundalini, it opened up the world of spirituality for me. And it was like, this is what I have been looking for. It just put the language around it, you know, that made sense to me. And so Kundalini made sense to me. It it was what my soul had been um, guiding me towards, you know, to have a, a deeper understanding of who I truly was. And, um, you know, so for Kundalini, that might, it might be the special sauce for somebody and it might not be for somebody else, which is why we have to tune into what feels true, what feels expansive. Um, and you keep going in that direction. Don't go in that direction because it's the direction that Meg Sylvester goes in go in the direction because it feels true and good to you. Um, And that's like, you know, you've been saying like, we try to like do things like, like she's doing because it's working for her, but you're not her. So do what feels good to you, not to me. (laughs) Mm, So true. And, you know, it goes back into what I'm basing my business on being unapologetically you, because when you become unapologetic, everything will come to you because you become magnet to the things that are true to you. The people, the clients, the money, the opportunities, everything, it cannot come to you if you don't even know who you are and what resonates with you. So it's beautiful that you find Kundalini Yoga. 
how did your life change with Kundalini? What did it make possible for you? Uh, my entire life changed. <laughs> so I was, you know, working a, in a corporate um, position, sales and marketing, and I was happy. You know, I, it was it was all fine, um, but it was fine. You know, it didn't feel like my life. Um, it just felt like I was living a life, you know, but not the one, not my destiny. Um, and the more I practiced Kundalini, of course, there were other things involved in my life that that was going on, but the more I practiced Kundalini, um, the, the, the more courage I had, like audacity that even that I had to start making these one degree shifts, one degree, one degree, one degree, um, and saying yes to things that were, you know, pulling on my heartstrings. So I eventually left my corporate job, started my own business as a coach. I was actually started out as a health and wellness coach, as a functional medicine, um, coach. And then, you know, Kundalini, um, as I was practicing, I started, you know, helping other people with it. And, and then I was like, oh, I should get my Kundalini teacher training, you know? And, and then I started leading retreats and then I was like, oh, I should start, you know, learning how to play the singing bowls. And the first time I picked one up, it was just like, just inside of me. Um, so I never even took a lesson. It was just like, um, you know, and it was just it, that like Kundalini for me is what activated me becoming me, you know? Um, and still today it helps me to drop into my human experience to say what feels like a lie that I'm telling myself and what feels true. How can I step back into greater integrity and alignment with, with my soul, you know, with my spirit. And so for me, it's just a tool to constantly continuously help me to, um, to get back into alignment and then to also, you know, okay, what's this next step, you know, to tune in, to, to find my intuition, to find my soul voice. And then to say, um, okay, I surrender. I'm opening up, I'm calling it in and I'm, I'm saying yes. Also, I'm going to say no to the things <laughs> that don't feel good. Um, yeah. So it's just been, I mean, my, literally my entire life, entire everything from my work to health, to my relationships, to the way I parent, to my friendships, to intimacy, um, my skin, my bone structure, my face has changed. My hair texture has changed. Like, wow. wow. Like, like everything. So now <laughs> yeah. Someone is listening to us and she's like, oh my gosh, I love that. I'm so ready. I want to like activate my own light and I want to like activate myself. Where is that they can start? Because I know some places they do have Kundalini yoga in mm -hmm. person. Some are still restricted. What is that people can do? Because I know I, I do Kundalini yoga, but it's very sporadic, you know, like, oh, mm -hmm. I'm creating, I'm doing it. When I'm doing it with someone showing me, it's great. I enjoy the experience, but then what do I do at home alone? Right. Like you go on yeah. YouTube and it's sometimes it's overwhelming. So if someone just tried a couple of classes, they like it and they would love to learn more, but they get overwhelmed with all that mm -hmm. vision. What is that mm -hmm. they can do now? So I'd recommend starting a 40 day practice to find one Kundalini meditation that really resonates with them and what you can do. So say you, um, you want to connect more to your intuition. You can literally Google like 
Kundalini meditation for intuition. And there will probably be a couple of them that pop up. Find one that really resonates with you. There are some that are very simple, like hold this posture for three minutes and that's it. You know, it doesn't have to be a full class. It's, you could just pick one meditation and do it every day for 40 days. And if there is a certain amount of time where it says, do this for like one to three minutes, start at the one minute mark and build up throughout that 40 days. So don't stress your nervous system out, build up and, and just, just do that. The same practice every day for 40 days for as little as like three minutes, you know, mm-hmm. but you need to read the, the instructions and the directions clearly. Um, I also teach a class every Wednesday night that's available in studio and online. Um, so I'll give you the link to put in for that. So if anybody wants to join my class, it's available online. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, I've also got several YouTube videos of, of the simple type of meditation that you can practice every morning. Um, but yeah, a 40 day practice with one particular, like really get intimate with that one meditation. Um, and just a simple little note, You'll also, when looking at Kundalini, you'll see the word Kriya, K-R-I-Y-A. Kriya is just the the Kundalini version of exercise. So um, it's, and the way I think of it, it's a, it's ingredients for a specific recipe. So a Kriya produces a very specific result and you need the different ingredients to produce that result. And that those different ingredients are the Kriya. Mm, that's beautiful amazing and i and i love how doable it feels it's not overwhelming like let me do a one hour at home no you don't need to do that it's great if you can but but if you want to really integrate it into your life just try that little Mm. morning practice that's beautiful and now talking about practices what are some of your daily practices that help you really to stay in alignment i like to give myself gut check questions when I'm really, you know, working on something. So I'll just, um, you know, write these gut check questions in my journal and I'll use those gut check questions daily for as long as I feel like I'm really working on a specific lesson, like for body image, you know, is, is, is the thought that you just had is the choice that you just made supporting a toxic body image or a positive body image, you know? So I just give myself these little questions throughout the day to, to just check myself. Um, I also, my favorite Kundalini, um, meditation is called liberation Kriya. And I practice that, uh, almost every morning, um, anywhere from three to nine minutes. And it's very easy. Well, you can just sit down and do it. I don't want to say it's easy to do. <laughs> it requires you to hold your arms up for a little bit. Um, but that one is, is just really powerful and I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then listening to mantra throughout the day. So you can listen to, there's many beautiful artists who have, who, um, you know, sing Sanskrit and Grimuki mantra and um, just having that on in the background really does impact the, the frequency and the vibration of yourself and the energy around you. Um, so that's something very simple. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't want to like overwhelm with, with too many things, but those are some. <laughs> I love this because again, like I love like bridging the gap. It's not like where you were and where you are now. And people will be like, Oh, good for you, Meg. Like, great. no, no, no. I am in it every day. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's why it's called a practice. Exactly. It's not, it's not a destination. Right. I love that. 
I love that. So what is one last thing, Mike, on your heart that you would love to share with the one who is still working on finding her own worthiness and alignment in her life? What do you want her to know? I want you to, to really ask yourself, are the, are the negative beliefs that I have about myself really true or are they in service to a system that doesn't feel good to me? Um, and, and know that you, you are ready right now. You are ready now, not when you lose 10 more pounds, not when you have, you know, X amount more money in your bank, or when you've done this one more certification, um, the people who need you right now are ready for you right now. So just do it and believe in yourself. <laughs> mm, this is beautiful. Thank you so much for the permission slip because it's so easy to get caught up. I need to finish my certification. I need to do this and this and this. What would your life look like when you step into it now and you don't need one more paper, just mm-hmm. serving those people who are ready for you? So Thank you so much, Meg, not only for the time today, but for all the work you are doing for the conscious kids that you are raising and for the vibration you're really raising in this world. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.